Yeah? All right. So, okay. Father in heaven, we want to thank you for giving us the opportunity to gather together and, Lord, to be in your presence and, uh, Lord, to worship and, and to love one another, Lord Jesus. And we thank you so much for that, Lord, that we can come and, Lord, just experience your presence in a wonderful, amazing way, Lord. And as we stand here, Lord, today, as we gather today, Lord, we thank you for our mothers, the uh, the wonderful impact and influence they made in our lives, Father, Lord, bless them today that they might feel extra special today. And Father, Lord, I just pray that you would speak to our hearts today as we just um, open your word. And Father, I, I decrease that, that you would increase, I empty myself of myself, so fill me with yourself that everything that I say and do, every thought that enters my mind would be of you and not of me. We praise in Jesus' name, all God's people said, amen. So just have your Bibles open or your Bible app. We, we do verse by verse, chapter by chapter, but today we're going to do selected uh, scriptures because it's a Mother's Day message. Um, and then don't forget, next Sunday we will start the book of Proverbs, verse by verse, chapter by chapter, so be ready for that, amen? But today is the day that we obviously set aside to celebrate and honor our mothers, a time of joy and it's a time of reflection for some of you. It's, it's a time of sorrow and a time of sadness because your mother is no longer here. But I believe if your mom could say anything to you, she would whisper words from heaven and, and, and uh, say, smile and celebrate. I'm home. God is taking good care of me. Amen. And so for all the mothers who have gone to be with the Lord and uh, the mothers, all the mothers here, stepmothers, foster mothers, uh, godmothers, grandmothers, we honor and celebrate you and we arise and we call you blessed. Amen? Amen. And my mom's, where's mom? There's mom, um, 83 years young. And so, as, as always, I, I, I address my mom and my wife. And mom, I just, I, I can't thank God enough for you. You have been an amazing mother and uh, just a woman of faith, of integrity, uh, a woman who serves the Lord and, and who served us as kids and, and even as now adults just been an amazing mother, and you are a walking miracle, and we thought we were going to lose you a while back here, but thank God that you recovered, and, and the Lord has sustained you during this time, and we're so glad that you're here. Also, the matriarch of this church family, amen, amen, but we thank, I thank God for you, Mom, me, Albert, and Rebecca are so blessed and so fortunate to have you as our mom, so I love you, God bless you, amen. And my wife, Lucinda, who's uh, working in the children's ministry right now. I thank God for her. She's an amazing mom. And Julie and Sophia and Jude are so blessed to have a, a godly mom who loves them and who loves the Lord. I'm so grateful for Lucinda, my wife. Amen. Did you hear about the man who wrote the following poem to his wife on Mother's Day? Well, if you didn't, here it goes, okay? So uh, the M is for mink coat you want, dear. The O is for opal ring you crave. T is for the tiny card you'd love, my sweet. H is for the hat that makes you rave. E is for the earrings you'd admire, love. R is for the rug on which you tread. Put them all together, they spell bankrupt. So, so I'm giving you this handkerchief instead. So, well, husbands, your wife is, is the mother of your children, and she deserves, excuse me, deserves more than a handkerchief. Amen? So bless her today. Now, I want to say this. Mothers have an incredible job with no pay. And all the moms said, and listen, no position in the business world compares to the physical and emotional and spiritual commitment she has in motherhood. The title of my message today is Models of Motherhood. Everyone say that. And today we're going to look at several women from the Bible, Models of Motherhood, and then show you four ways 
how to love your mother. My message is very simple today. We're not going to get too deep in the scriptures here. Um, so just I uh, hope you enjoy it and that you're blessed. We love you moms. Amen. Uh, point number one is, uh, while you see the, the, uh, the person there is Jochebed, that's the mother of Moses. I want you to write this down, a protective mother. Say that, a protective mother. We're talking about Jochebed here. Again, that's the mother of Moses. And I just want you to write these scriptures down. I'll read them to you. Exodus chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. Again, Exodus 2, 1 through 4. And it reads like this. Now, a man of the house of Levi married a Levite woman. And she became pregnant and gave birth to a son. When she saw that he was a fine child, she hid him for three months. But when she could hide him no longer, she got a papyrus basket for him and coated it with tar and pitch. Then she placed the child in it and put it among the reeds along the bank of the Nile. His sister stood at the distance to see what would happen to him. Now we now, the question is, why did Jochebed do this? Well, if you know the story, and most of us know the story, Pharaoh was, was threatened by the number of the Hebrew population. And he said, uh, the Israelites have become much too numerous. And so what Pharaoh did, he devised a plan to kill every Hebrew male-born child. Back in Exodus, write this down, Exodus chapter 1, Exodus chapter 1, verses 15 through 16, it says, the king of Egypt said to the Hebrew midwives, whose names were Sephora and Puah, when you help the Hebrew women in childbirth and observe them on the delivery stool, if it is a boy, kill him. But if it is a girl, let her live. And you see, Pharaoh uh, could succeed in killing every, if, if, if he could succeed in killing every male-born Hebrew child, then he could control the Hebrew population. Jochebed, so Jochebed takes action, say takes action, and took great risk to protect her son. Now, now, now you've got to get this. His safety, and I love this, was more important than hers. Got it? His safety was more important than hers, even if it meant dying for him. So what she does, she placed him in the Nile, and she trusted God. Say, trusted God. Now, now mothers protect us in many ways, and we know this, right? Uh, they protect us physically. And as a mother, she, they, they keep us from danger, right? They always have a watchful eye on us. My mom was always like that, even now. She has a protective, uh, you know, a watchful eye on me and my brother and sister and wants to make sure we're okay. And they, they keep us from danger. They also protect us morally, not just physically, but also morally, right? they teaching us what right from wrong. That's what moms do. They teach us right from wrong, teaching us to do the right thing. Uh, they protect us morally by, by warning us and keeping us from people or things that could harm or hurt us. Uh, my mom and his mom's here, you guys have an amazing sense of discernment. Uh, you guys, remember when you bring friends over and then your friends leave and your mom says, he's not a good guy for you, right? He's not a good friend for you. They just know. They know exactly those who are good for you and those who are not. They also know when they could look at you and say, quit doing that. Quit doing what? You know what I'm talking about. Quit doing that. They're very discerning, right? So they protect us physically, morally. They also protect us spiritually by raising us to love and to serve Jesus. And that's something I'm thankful. Mom raised us as little ones to love and serve Jesus. And I believe I'm here as a result of, first of all, the Lord, but God using her to teach me to love and to serve Jesus at a very young age. And now I'm in my 30th year of being your pastor. 
So I thank God for that. Amen? Now, a word to the moms. A protective mother is a good thing. Say it's a good thing. Okay, God, it's a good thing. An overprotective mother is not a good thing. Are you guys with me? Being overly protective will cause your children, listen now, to never learn to fight their own battles in life. That's one thing I love about my mom and my dad. They taught us to fight our own battles in life so that we wouldn't quit very easily. Are you guys with me? It could also cause, if you're overly protective, it also cause them, your children, to become codependent and also to lack personal responsibility. Are you guys with me? So you hear, you have Jochebed here as a mother, Moses' mother, who's a protective mother, and we have mothers who do that. And they protect us because they love us. Can I get an amen? Number two, you have Hannah there, and we know the story. Hannah's the mother of Samuel. She's a praying mother. Write that down. Say a praying mother. A praying mother. And, and I want you to write this down. I'll read this to you. First uh, Samuel chapter 1, verses 10 through 20. Most of you know the story of Hannah. Uh, she, could have, she could not have children. And so it says this, In bitterness of soul, Hannah wept much and prayed. Say prayed to the Lord. And she made a vow saying, O Lord Almighty, if you will only look upon your servant's misery and remember me and not forget your servant, but give her a son, then I will give him to the Lord. Did you get that? Then I will give him to the Lord for all the days of his life. Not just for a while, but what? All the days of his life. And no razor will ever be used on his head. And that's the right right there. As she kept on praying to the Lord, Eli observed her mouth. Hannah was praying in her heart, and her lips were moving, but her voice was not heard. Eli thought she was drunk and said to her, How long will you keep on getting drunk? Get rid of your wine. Not so, my Lord, Hannah replied. I am a woman who is deeply troubled. I have not been drinking wine or beer. I was pouring out my soul to the Lord. I love that. Do not take your servant for a wicked woman. I have been praying, say praying, here out of my great anguish and grief. Eli answered, go in peace and may the God of Israel grant you what you have asked of him. She said, may your servant find favor in your eyes. Then she went her way and ate something and her face was no longer downcast. Early the next morning, they arose and worshiped before the Lord and then went back to their home at Ramah. Elkanah lay with Hannah, his wife, and the Lord remembered her. So in the course of time, Hannah conceived and gave birth to a son. She named him Samuel, say Samuel, saying, because, I love this, because I asked the Lord for him. Someone say amen to that. So there's some things we can learn from Hannah here. And and one of the things we can learn is the importance of prayer, right? It is extremely important that we as believers pray. Okay, and moms, moms pray all the time for their children. My mom's a praying mom. My wife, listen, is a praying mom. And we can learn from her to pray, the importance of prayer. Prayer should never be a last resort. It should be something that you pray, what, constantly that you're doing in your life. It's a priority that you pray to the Lord. Another thing we can learn from Hannah is that God does answer prayers. Yeah, he does answer prayers. And he will answer in one of four ways. He will answer yes, no, wait, or my grace is sufficient. Now, the thing is this. we got to be discerning to know which one it is, right? But he will answer us. Again, it may be yes, it may be no, wait, or my grace is sufficient. So here's the lesson. Are you ready for the lesson? 
push. Say that. Push. What does that mean? It means pray until something happens. Are you with me? Now, mom, some of you here, you have some kids who are not serving God at all. And you have kids who were serving God at one time and who are now rebelling. They strayed from God. Right? Perhaps you have grandkids who are strayed away, who have strayed away from God, who are not serving God. And I want to tell you, you need to pray until something happens. Be persistent in your prayers. Push. And you keep praying, and you keep praying that God would bring them back if they would surrender their lives to Him, right? And you keep praying, and you keep praying, and you keep praying until something happens. Got it? Because God will honor your prayers. Another thing we can learn from Hannah is we should give our children to the Lord. We should dedicate them, dedicate them to God. That is so important, right? To use them as He sees fit. Hannah dedicated Samuel to God, and God used Samuel in such an amazing, mighty way as a prophet. So dedicate, give your children to God. It's so important. And my mom did that. Right, Mom? Me, Albert, and Rebecca, as we were little, she dedicated us to the Lord. Number three, Lois and Eunice. Say that. That's the grandmother and the mother of Timothy. And here we have instructive mothers. Instructive mothers. I love this one, instructive mothers. And I want you to write this down, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 1 through 5. And I spent a whole message on Mother's Day years ago on this passage alone. But instructive mothers, in 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 1 through 5, it says, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, according to the promise of life that is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, my dear son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father in Christ Jesus our Lord, Encouragement to be faithful. I thank God, whom I serve as my forefathers did, with a clear conscience, as night and day I constantly remember you in my prayers. Love this. Recall, recalling your tears, I long to see you so that I may be filled with joy. Here we go. Listen now. I have been reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice. And I am persuaded now lives in you also. Isn't that awesome? Listen, Timothy's grandmother and mother, I call this a mother and daughter team. They teamed up together, right? Were examples of faith to him. And what Timothy did, he saw it in their lives. They, they lived it, and not, they lived it and, and they taught it. They were instructive in their ways. They were instructive in their, with their words as well, which led him to the Savior. And because the way that Lois and Eunice lived, friends, I believe it led Timothy, that's what led Timothy to the Savior. And he came to Jesus as a result of their influence and faith. Mothers have such a great influence in our lives. Yeah? Listen, moms, the priority, and please hear my heart here, the priority is to influence your children to relationship to Jesus Christ. That's your priority, to be instructive in how you live and what you say. And might they hear Jesus on your lips and see Jesus in your life. Great you're saying, great you're talking about Jesus. Great you're, you're saying things about Jesus, but also live it out. Live it out. And this is what we saw, and Timothy saw in Lois and Eunice. But because they were instructive in their ways and with their words, it also taught him the Scriptures. Taught them the scriptures. I believe they spent time 
teaching young Timothy the scriptures. So question, moms, how much time do you spend talking about and teaching, talking about and teaching your children the word of God? You sit down and you have a conversation with them about the word of God. What comes to mind is my mom and how she always would speak to us about the word of God. Still now, as almost 60 years old, she still teaches me the word of God, speaks to me the word of God. I see Lucinda do the same thing to my kids and my grandkids, our grandkids. So how much time do you spend talking about and teaching your children the Word of God? Listen, they should first hear about God from you. It should come from you, not the Sunday school teacher, not the youth pastor, not the pastor, from you. Are you guys with me? What we say is just a reinforcement of what you've already taught them. I want you to write this down, Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 7 through 9. Deuteronomy 6, 7 through 9. I love this. It says, impress them, speaking of the word, the law on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your house, houses and gates. How beautiful is that? That wherever you are, when you're walking with them and you're talking with them and around the house, put sticky notes up with Scripture that they would know that. Amen? Because they were instructive in their ways and with their words. I believe this prepared Timothy for service. It prepared. If you know about Timothy, Timothy became one of Paul's chief associates in all of his missionary journeys. Timothy served God. He served God. Listen, moms, teach your children the importance of serving the Savior. That is so important. Prepare them to serve, to get involved in what God is doing, and that they would give their life away, say life away, to advance the kingdom of God. That you would lead them to the Savior, teach them the Scriptures, and prepare them for service. Be instructive. Instructive. Teach. Say teach. And, and train, say train, train them to make an impact and a difference in their school, in their church, in their community for the glory of God. So here's the lesson. Are you ready? Here we go, moms. Let your talk match your walk. Let your talk match your walk. Kids, they're smart. And they know when what you say is what you really mean. They're not just going to listen to what you say. They're going to watch how you live. And if it doesn't match up, it's not going to sink in their lives. They got to see a mom, a mother, who not only talks about Jesus, but lives it out of her life. And I got to tell you, that's something that I always have seen in my mother. Amazing example of godliness. Same thing I see in Lou's life, my wife. Your talk needs to match your walk. Amen? Number four is Mary, a loyal mother. Say that. A loyal mother. And we're going to, John chapter 19, verse 25a, near the cross of Jesus. This is what it says. Near the cross of Jesus stood his mother. Stood his mother. It said that the sword would pierce her soul. In other words, 
There's a prophecy of her son being crucified. And you see, the eternal, faithful, loyal love of motherhood is in Mary at the cross. She was there. She was there. And she witnessed the crucifixion from the foot of the cross. Now, can you even imagine how she must have felt to see her own son suffer and die? But she was loyal to the end. She didn't bail out. She didn't walk away. She was there at the cross. She was loyal to her son till his death. She stood there by the cross. And that's what mothers do. They're loyal. And mothers have this ability, right? This ability that no matter what their children do or what their children go through, they are loyal to them. I mean, their kids could be the biggest mess up in the world. And they're still there for them. They're loyal to them. Moms just don't give up. They have in them this unshakable, undeniable, loyal, deep love for their children. There's something amazing, something incredible about a mother's heart, about a mother's love. Yeah? Now, moms, I want to say this. Your loyalty to your children doesn't mean that you condone or approve of their behavior, of their sin, or their decisions. It simply means you won't walk out on them. It simply means you won't give up on them. It simply means this, that you are loyal to the end. In other words, I don't agree with the way, the way you're living, mijo. I don't agree with the way you're living, mijo. But guess what? I will be loyal to you and love you till the end. I will not walk out on you. I will not give up on you. Amen? So there we have those four models of motherhood. And that as moms, as mothers, right? That we would be protective. Say protective. That we would be pray, praying people. Say that. Instructive. Say instructive. And loyal. Now what I want to do for the remainder of my message, I want to quickly show you four ways how we could demonstrate and show love to our mothers and all the mothers said. Now, I want to remind you, this is not an exhaustive list. I mean, there are many, many more ways how we could demonstrate and show our love to our mothers, but I want to give you four today. If you're ready, say yes. Here we go. Love her. Here we go. Verbally. Say that. Love her verbally. And I want to tell you, friends, listen, she needs to hear those three amazing words, I love you. Everyone say that. So question, that being said, question, when was the last time you said to your mom, I love you? Think about it. When was the last time you said that? Well, you know, Pastor Arnold, you know, I, I'm just not wired that way. You know, I'm just not, I really don't feel comfortable saying those words. Well, get rewired. And be uncomfortable. She's your mother for crying out loud. Are you guys with me? Those three words, I love you, speak volumes to the heart of mothers. They love it when you say that to them. How about words of encouragement and appreciation like, thank you, Mom. Thank you for all that you do for me, for the sacrifices that you make. And my mother made many, many sacrifices for me, my brother, my sister. 
How about for clearing your schedule to help me run around to get my stuff done? Huh? For giving up opportunities so that I can have more opportunities. Saying, I appreciate you. I, I thank God for you. How about this? Mom, you're the best. You're the best. Or how about just looking into your eyes and telling her how beautiful she is? Huh? I mean, when's the last time? Come on now. You just grabbed her hands, looked at her and said, Mom, you're beautiful. And my mom, the other day, well, a week ago, says, I just, I don't feel like I'm beautiful. I said, Mom, you're beautiful. They may not feel like they're beautiful, but they are. And you need to hold her hands and look at them straight in the eye and say, Mom, you are beautiful. Amen? She needs a sincere thank you. Thank you, Mom, and not just today, but from a genuinely thankful heart when least expected. Surprise her. Okay? Because we could never, say never, prepare for all that she has done for us. But we ought to die, we ought to die trying before she dies. Are you guys with me? She didn't spend on herself unless our needs were met. So love her verbally. Love her verbally. Whether it's in person or pick up the phone. I want to tell you, this is what I do. You don't have to do it. Every single day, I call my mom. Right? To see how she's doing and tell her that I love her. Every day. The hardest, one of the hardest times of my life was when she was in the hospital with COVID for three months. I couldn't call her. couldn't talk to her. They wouldn't let me. The phone line couldn't go through. It was painful. But I call her every day, sometimes twice or three times a day, right, Mom? Just to tell her that I love her and see she's doing okay. Now, you don't have to do that, but that's what I do because she needs to hear that. Amen? Love her verbally. Love her affectionately. Write that down. Say affectionately. And when was the last time you gave her a kiss on the cheek or a big hug, okay, without her asking for it or just because you wanted something in return? Like money. Huh? Or you just held her hand. Just held her hand. You just, you just grabbed her hand and just held her hand. I mean, do, do I really need to remind you all that she wrapped you up in her womb for nine months? And when you came out, big head and all, her first priority was to touch you, and to hold you, and to cuddle you, and to stroke your head, and to kiss you. Not to mention that she changed your diapers. Poochie. Potty trained you. She would hold a, a Kleenex as you blow your nose full of mocos. She wiped the food off your face. My mom still does that. There's times when I have something on my face, don't know, and she goes like this, come here. Right? That's what moms do. They don't care. That's what they do. How about when she held you and kissed you and hugged you tight when you fell down and hurt yourself, wiping away your tears, telling you that you're going to be okay? Huh? She deserves your affection. In fact, your affection means more to her than flowers and candy and gift cards and taking her to eat, shopping, or even a diamond necklace. 
And some of you moms are saying, well, well, you know, well, hold on, Pastor Arnold, you're going too far there. I'll take it, I'll take a, I'll take a, a diamond necklace. You're going too far, Pastor, okay? All right? Listen, as long as your mother is alive, never let her feel the distance of you not reaching to show her your love. And express your love to her even every opportunity, excuse me, every opportunity you have to let her know that she is loved. A hug, a kiss, a touch, loving her affectionately. You know what that's called? That's called the human touch. Say human touch. And by the way, did you know that the power of the human touch will literally help to lower someone's blood pressure? Holding someone's hand or or placing your hand on their shoulder or their back will cause one's blood pressure to be lowered because it brings comfort and peace. Hmm? Love her verbally, affectionately. Love her honorably. Write that down. Say that. Love her honorably. I want you to write this down. Exodus, we know this right. Chapter 20, verse 12. Honor your father and mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. You know what this is? This is is binding. This commandment is binding as long as your mother is alive. And by the way, it is the only one, it is the only one of the Ten Commandments that comes with a conditional clause. In other words, that if you will honor your father, if you will honor your mother, God will bless you with long life. It could actually mean more than this long life, quality of life. You guys with me? Yeah, but you know what, Pastor? My mother isn't honorable. Well, the Bible says nothing about that qualification. It only says and asks, is she your mother? It's not saying we need to honor her personality, because I know sometimes that drives you nuts, right? Rather, we must honor her position. She's your mother. Some of y'all say, she drives me crazy. You made her that way. Are you guys with me? But you need to honor her position. She may not be the best mom and may have not been the best example, but you need to honor her position. Are you guys with me? See, to honor God, we must honor our mothers. And I want to say this. We cannot be willfully wrong with our mothers and be in a right relationship with God. Are you guys with me? Lastly, love her patiently. Everyone say that. Love her patiently. In Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23, there's a list of nine manifestations of the fruit of the Spirit, and the fourth one on the list is patience. Say patience. And as we love our mothers, let us learn to be patient. Patient. Because it is the art and also the gift of character of Christ, gift of the character of Christ, flowing through our lives. So don't forget, she was patient with you. Oh, gosh, my mom was so patient with me and my brother and my sister. My wife, Lucinda, is so patient with our kids. And our grandson, Jaden, so patient with him. And now, you know what? As she's getting older, 
as she moves slower, as her eyesight gets dimmer, as her hearing gets weaker, and as her memory begins to fade, now you need to be patient with her. Yeah? Sometimes we get frustrated because, Mom, this is the third time I told you, or because she's forgetful. We've got to be patient with her. They have been so patient with us. So I want to I close with reading a letter from an 80-year-old woman on her birthday. And I'm going to read this to you, and we're going to close, okay? She says, to all my children, I'm going to try not to cry. To all my children, I suppose my upcoming birthday started my thoughts along these lines. This is a good time to tell you that what I truly want are things I can never get enough of, yet they are free. I want the intangibles. I would like for you to come and sit with me and for you to be relaxed. We can talk. Or we can be silent. I would just like for us to be together. I need your patience when I don't hear what you say the first time. I know how tiresome it is to always be repeating, but sometimes I must ask you to repeat. I need your patience when I think so much about the past. With my slowness and my set ways, I want you to be tolerant with what the years have done to me physically. Please be understanding about my personal care habits. I spill things. I lose things. I get unduly excited when I try to figure out my bank statements. I can't remember what time to take my medication or if I took it already. I take too many naps. Sometimes sleep helps to pass the day. Well, there you have it. Time, patience, and understanding. Those are priceless gifts that I want. Finally, in this letter, the Apostle Paul wrote, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I know I can too. It's a wonderful feeling to know his eyes on the sparrow, and I know he cares for me. I guess being old isn't so bad after all. Love, mom. Let's all stand.